The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, that's right. Mick Barry, the Socialist TD for Cork North Central, and Regina Doherty, the Finnegan Senator, both with me again for Common Ground. Mick, should we follow the lead of the UK and others in putting a cap on the price of staple foods? Yes, I think that we should. Um, I mean, the reality is that households are getting hammered uh, on a weekly basis uh, with the price of uh, food. Um, People reeling uh, every time they come away from the tills uh, and uh, the supermarkets. Now, the government said that um, they were going to sort things out and uh, Minister Neil Richmond called in the supermarket bosses to give them a bit of a a talking to. Um, That was, what, was it three weeks ago? This stage... The, the plan is not working. Uh, we're told the other day that to the middle of uh, May, prices uh, have declined by 0.1%. In fact, they declined slightly more than that uh, in the month before Neil Richmond uh, called them uh, in. Now, the government have the power under the Consumer Protection Act 2007 uh, to issue an emergency order. Uh, basically, they have the power to fix prices for six months for a basket of goods and if necessary, to roll that other over for another six months. We saw it with alcohol earlier in the year where there was a minimum uh, price set. Uh, we're saying that there should be a maximum price in relation to uh, groceries. And I think that whatever about uh, the retailers and the wholesalers, and we do have some concerns about the position of the farmers, but the main beneficiary of that, in my view, would be the consumers. And I think the time has come to do it. What, what foods would you apply it to? Well, look, I, I, I'm not an expert in terms of, you know, uh, what you would put in a in 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 the basket. All right, I'd, I'd leave it to the experts. Uh, but you'd it, imagine it would include milk and bread, eggs, the standard staple foods, as they're often called. Is it? Uh, well, a bit more than that, because uh, for for the own brand uh, stuff in the supermarkets, my understanding is that the price uh, has come down in the last couple of weeks, but the the retailers are jacking up the prices uh, on other uh, fronts. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I think it, it's for a, a whole basket of goods. That's what you do. Regina, should we do it? I, I'm, I'd have concerns, right? But before I tell you why, I think the ultimate aim for all of us, and I, I would agree with Mick, is that what we want to see is um, lower cost of living costs for people, whether it's in the supermarket, at the petrol station, whether it's in their ESB bills. Ultimately, what we need to do is to support people um, in what we have is uh, an inflationary period that is far too prolonged at the moment, right? But the concern I have is that when you look at, and it may be slightly different when we're talking about food than when we talk about energy caps that have been shown to be proven not to work in the UK and in France. The difficulty I have is, is that you have major unintensive consequences that the state then ends up paying the cheque to continue to allow those people who have been price gouging or making inflation um, inflated profits because of their activities to continue to do so. And that's not what we need. So what we need to do is to look at if the conversations that the retailers had with Minister Richmond a number of weeks ago are sincere, um, that when their costs start to, re- you know, to reduce, that the cost to the consumer will start to reduce, we need to actually see that. And we have mm. seen massive reductions, not only in costs, excuse me, of energy, excuse me, but of other consume, uh, goods that go towards making, obviously, the consumer goods that we're talking about. And we haven't seen uh, the rate change. So what we need to do is, as I would suggest, is to exert more pressure. And that isn't on the basis of bringing in laws that would genuinely have um, unintended consequences, and we know what they are. They would reduce supply. Um, they would allow the consumers to continue to make 
uh, their profits at the expense of the taxpayer. And I think what we've done in the last year has been effective, particularly when you look at our electricity bills. Now, we need to do more because the, the, you know, the period is still prolonged, but it has been effective. Um, we've seen major um, profits being taken by the energy companies that have been yielded by the states. And what we've done is, is that we've taken that money mm. and continue to take it to put it into people's pockets, either through social welfare um, or once-off charges um, towards people's bills. And I think that would be a more yeah. effective way of managing it because we would have control as opposed to the people who are making the money and the profits at the moment having control. Mick, how, how do you design it so that a price cap isn't effectively a state subsidy to the big multinational retailers to sell at below cost? And then, as a consequence, kind of a transfer of wealth from the Exchequer to the Tesco's and the Musgraves of this world. Sure. Okay. Well, let's look at what has been done in other countries. Okay. So, in Hungary and in Croatia, uh, the cost of essentials was capped, which is what you're talking about there. In Greece, they went a step further. In Greece, they capped the profits of the retailers on food and other essentials. Right. So, that seems to me to be. Uh, the type of policy that we need to be looking at because clearly there are big profits uh, being made here. Or maybe not so clearly. Let's have a look at this. Uh, we know that Musgraves uh, made $93 million in profit in the year 2021. We know that Tesco made $2.8 billion in its operations in the UK and Ireland. I think that, that figure is for last year. We don't know what the story is with Duns and Little because they do not publish the profits, but I, I I think there are there are pretty clearly big profits being mm. made there uh, at the moment, and uh, if retailers go to the point of saying, you know, we will sabotage a price control plan, we will use our control of of the retail multiples to do that, then the whole issue of who owns and controls the multiples and whose interest are they running? Is it in the interest of the shareholders or society? Will come into play, but certainly capping profits. Uh, as a first step, would be uh, an important step forward. So the first thing I would say is that what we saw in the last number of weeks when it was only, and I'll I'll use the words politely suggested, that we all have to be conscious of what's going on, um, the multiples went to their producers and said that you're going to cut I'm not cutting, you're going to cut. And I'm sorry, that like that's what happens when you actually allow um, people to, 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 I suppose, be able to manipulate markets. And that's unfortunately the way we've had, particularly with our own home growers in the last number of years, whether it's fruit, vegetables, flowers in Ireland, you have the multiples that are, are majorly controlling that market. When you look at some of our carrot growers and how little they make uh, per carrot, you'd actually wonder sometimes why they even get up in the morning. And that's why it's not forcing those people to change their practices is to make sure that we look at what is actually causing the inflation in the industry, um, in all of our industries, whether it's energy or or food or petrol or whatever, to look at what's actually causing those inflationary um, upward trends, to make sure that we manage it by the profits that we're taking from the companies who are making profits. But there are multiple reasons other than just greed that they're making those profits. And we can see that from the energy companies in the last maybe 12, 18 months. Um, And make sure that we manage that pot to give to not only the people who are the most in the need, who are the people in fixed incomes that solely rely on the state through social welfare, but also there probably isn't maybe bar about the two most percent of wealthy people in the country, there isn't another family in the country that isn't struggling with their ESB bills. Normally ESB bills for two months that went from 350 quid to mm. 1,000 quid just are not planable or sustainable for any family. Yeah, people didn't turn down need. their heating. 
Well, you see that when you natural look at natural gas, a reduction in natural gas was zero point two percent. So there's it's one of the reasons that why it, it failed in the UK. And when you had a cap in the UK, it did nothing to stop consumer consumption. And so then when we had the cap, we had to have a cap on the cap because the prices kept going up because people kept using it. When you had the similar situation in, in France, the French government's uh, response was to go and buy the largest electricity company uh, for something like twelve billion, and it's. It's losing money hand and fist at the moment because people's practices didn't change. Now that's different when it comes to bread and butter and mince and you know mm. Kellogg's cornflakes or whatever it is people that eat. People do need to have a basic minimum um, food consumption, and there's no doubt Mick is right. The price of that has gone through the roof in the last year, but there's a number of reasons for that. Yeah. That they're the things that we have to challenge and not come down with your sledgehammer on the head of Dunn Stores or Tesco. Well, they need to be managed, but let, we need to be able to use the pot at, of money that we take at, as a state. Let's look at sledgehammers, okay? Because I think possibly the two most interesting words that have been used in the in the debate so far have not been used by me. They've been used by yourself, Regina, and that is the word polite request. Right? And there was a polite request made, uh, although we were told at the time it was a bit more than a polite request. Uh, and it has it worked? No, it has not worked. It has failed. We're nearly a month in from that meeting and Kantar are telling us during the week that the prices declined by what? Looking at my notes here, 0.1%. It's not good enough. You know, the the, the people who are going out and, and, and doing... The shopping mm. uh, tonight or Friday night, Saturday night, uh, will say, <laughs> you know, we hope that something would come out of that meeting. It has not worked. And by the way, I just make this point. Yeah. You let the retailers off the hook. And one of the ways you let the retailers off the hook uh, is even if you don't believe in what I'm advocating here of mm. price controls, you should have left that on the table. That would have been hanging over their heads as a pressure point. And by taking it off the table, you sent a, a pretty clear message, I think, I well, that you were playing sure. with kid gloves. Okay, so when you're negotiating, Mick, there's no point in putting a pseudo uh, argument on the table that everybody knows that we're not going to use. Because we know the pitfalls of price controls and we know exactly what they will yield. And so we're not going to do something that's actually going to be, you know, not in the best interest of the people. And so what I'm saying to you is, is that we need to look at the reasons that these people um, have, that are... are retailers are charging more. And some of it might be taken advantage of the last 12 months. I've no doubt that maybe that is an element. But I think an awful lot of it is the fact that we have higher employment costs. We have higher uh, electricity costs. We have higher consumable costs because of scarcity of... Pro- There's a whole load of reasons. No, and when no, we address those reasons... No. No, well, sorry, that, the fact is is that they have attributed the fact higher is, costs I'll across tell you every fact. single industry. The fact is and what we need to do is to look at how we, first of all, can plan and manage for the reduction of those costs. But and whilst, whilst that reduction is happening, ensuring that our... Um, consumers are getting the benefit from it by retailers passing it on. We don't need to have price controls to do that. We need to manage the situation well. But also, absolutely, we need to make sure that the surpluses that we have in the state at the moment are used to effectively, as we have done in the last year, effectively used to support people paying their energy bills, reducing petrol and diesel, and ultimately putting more people... You see the 100 quid that's gone into people's children's allowance extra this month. It's there to support people in the effect of the extra prices that they have. So the European Central Bank, hardly a, a, you know... A haven of left-wing thought are telling us that more than 50% of the price increases in the European Union now are being driven by profiteering. So it really minimises to say, yes, there is profiteering, but there's 10 or 20 other things. Profiteering is the dominant thing. That's what needs to be tackled. Uh, Can I ask though, Mick, um, the universal nature of what you're suggesting would mean that, like, I will benefit from it as much as somebody who's really to the pin of their collar. 
and 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 I don't mind acknowledging that I have a decent job with a decent income. And like everybody else, I've absolutely noticed my electricity bills going up and the price of our groceries going up. But so far, we can absorb that cost. And what you're suggesting is that I suppose the taxpayer should on some level be subsidising my shopping basket and the shopping basket of lots of other people out there with, you know, money in the bank. OK, well, if we take broadly Is, is there a more speaking, targeted way, I guess, is what I'm asking, of, of helping people who are actually not putting things into the shopping basket? Yeah, I'm in favour of a targeted approach. I'm in favour of targeting the profits of the big retail multiples. And if, you know, people who are on low incomes benefit from that, I'm fine with that. And people who have middle class incomes benefit from that, I'm happy with that as well. It's the minority at the top who are creaming it. They're the people who need to be targeted here. When you look, particularly in the last year, um, when you look at the percentage of inflation, the growth that we've seen, um, just on normal things, and then coupled with obviously the major inflation that we've seen in our energy bills, Mm. it's not just a targeted measure that's needed. Universally, the vast majority of the people are seeing a negative impact because of that. And so to my mind, I'm sorry, I don't agree that we we single out a certain group of people. There are people that will need to be supported more than others, but I think on the whole, the country has needed to be supported, which is why we spend in excess of €4 billion of taxpayers' money supporting people because the cost of living increases in the last 12 months. Well, I think it's a triumph of of hope over expectation that we're at the end of this inflationary cycle and that interest rates, for example, are not going to keep going up and up and up. There is no kind of magical ceiling at 5%. I wish there was. Anyway, Regina Doherty, Mick Barry, thank you both very much. We will talk to you again soon. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.